RTHK, the news at one with Todd Harding. The headlines, cross-border secondary school pupils return to Hong Kong for in-person classes for the first time in three years. The administration's funding bid for the building of light public housing flats clears its first hurdle in the legislature and a huge rescue effort continues in southern Turkey and Syria for any possible survivors of Monday's earthquakes. Cross-border secondary school students came back to Hong Kong for in-person classes today after a three-year absence. Education Secretary Christine Choi says their return has been smooth and some 1,000 of them travelled via Sunjin Bay this morning without having to queue. Cross-border secondary school pupils are the first to be allowed back while primary and kindergarten children will return later this month. Ms Choi says she believes younger students can come back for face-to-face learning as scheduled. According to my observation at the immigration this morning, I think the arrangement is very smooth. So we have confidence that the arrangement and the time schedule will be as we planned it. And for the kindergarten and primary students, I think the cross-border buses, we are, have different departments working together. And the arrangement so far is very smooth. The government's funding bid for building light public housing flats has cleared its first hurdle in the legislature. It's asking for nearly $15 billion for the first batch, enough money to build 17,000 flats at four sites. There'll be 30,000 units in total. All but one lawmaker present at a public works subcommittee meeting supported the application. Some of them, including the Liberal Party's Michael Lee, were concerned as to whether or not the authorities could bring the cost down further by reusing some of the housing modules. Housing Minister Winnie Ho says that may be possible. We could all, of course, monitor the development in the community. Perhaps, as Mr. Lee suggested, there will be many construction sites in the northern metropolis. Can we use the units again for hostels? Because these units will maybe be suitable for their purpose. There are toilets and kitchens in, in these units. And so in the sixth or seventh year, we will see what the arrangement could be. The funding bid will be discussed by the Finance Committee later. A group of subdivided flat tenants rallied outside the central government offices ahead of the Legislative Council meeting to voice their support for the government's light public housing plan. They say the move could improve their living conditions quickly. The rally was led by the Deputy Director of the Society for Community Organisation, Silai San. It's very important for those uh, living in poor conditions. What they rent in Kechong, uh, cubicles of the Waterford, the rent is expensive, but the living condition is very poor. And so they are very happy uh, when the government allows there will be light uh, public housing. And especially uh, for those living in urban area, there will be a high dark uh, light public housing. So it's more convenient for go to work and uh, for uh, young children go to. Uh, they don't need to change school. A huge rescue effort is continuing in southern Turkey and Syria for a second night in freezing conditions to find survivors of Monday's earthquakes, which killed nearly 8,000 people. Thousands of Turkish soldiers, along with international teams, are taking part in the emergency operation. The United Nations has warned that the flow of vital aid to northwest Syria is being disrupted because of damage to the roads. Syria's ambassador to the UN, Bassam Savar, called for more help, saying agencies will be granted access. The countries need to help Syria at these difficult circumstances. When this assistance arrived into Syria, we have the UN country team, we have the international organizations who worked in Syria. We will coordinate with them and they will facilitate 
the distributions of this. So we're given an access to move toward achieving this goal. The Hong Kong Red Cross says it'll launch an emergency appeal this week to raise funds to help relief efforts in Turkey and Syria. Karen Poon, head of international and relief service with the Red Cross, says internationally it hopes to raise over 215 million US dollars to, to aid in rescue and rebuilding efforts. In Hong Kong Red Cross, we are already receiving designated donations, especially for those affected in Turkey and Syria, so that we can provide the essential material aid and mobilizing our volunteer staff to go on site to help them. We will be launching an emergency appeal this week, and we hope that we will raise the funds for the essential items for those in need. The police are investigating the death of a 90-year-old man who jumped off a building at a public housing estate in Sha Tin after allegedly attacking his wife. Officers were called to a flat at the Ming Shun building on the Jat Min estate at about 5am where they found the 75-year-old woman with head, head wounds. She told officers she'd been attacked by her husband who later plunged to his death. The woman was treated in hospital for her injuries. U.S. President Joe Biden has vowed not to hesitate to defend his country's interests against Beijing after he ordered the downing of what Washington suspects is a Chinese surveillance balloon. However, in his State of the Union address, he also kept the door open to cooperation. He said he's committed to work with China where it can advance U.S. interests and benefit the world, but also issued this declaration. We're going to buy American. We're going to buy American. Folks. And it's totally, it's totally consistent with international trade rules. Buy America has been the law since 1933, but for too long, past administrations, Democrat and Republican, have fought to get around it. Not anymore. Tonight, I'm announcing new standards require all construction materials used in federal infrastructure projects to be made in America. Mr Biden said winning what he described as the competition with China should unite Americans. In his annual policy address to Congress, he also exhorted Republican lawmakers to work with him to finish the job of rebuilding the economy and uniting the nation. The US leader said the story of America is a story of progress and resilience, of moving forward, of never giving up. We don't think anything is beyond our capacity. Everything is a possibility. You know, we're often told that Democrats and Republicans can't work together. But over the past two years, we've proved the cynics and naysayers wrong. Yes, we disagreed plenty. And yes, there were times when Democrats went alone. But time and again, Democrats and Republicans came together. A former London police officer has been given 36 life sentences for a series of rapes and assaults which he carried out while serving with the city's Metropolitan Police. David Carrick will serve a minimum of 30 years in jail before being considered for parole. He pleaded guilty to 85 offences committed over a 17-year period. The BBC's Helena Wilkinson was at the court. Carrick looked down in the dock as the judge read out horrifying details of what he had done to his 12 victims. Some of the women were in court to hear Carrick's punishment handed down. You behaved as if you were untouchable, Mrs Justice Chima Grubb told him. She said he had taken monstrous advantage of women drawn into personal relationships with him. His case, said the judge, represented a spectacular downfall for a man charged with upholding the law. 
Spain's transport minister has apologised after her department commissioned 30 new trains which were too big for some of the country's tunnels. The mistake was apparently made because of an error in measuring and has infuriated local leaders in northern Spain. The BBC's Paul Moss has the story. The president of the Cantabria region was making no bones about it. This was, he said, a monumentally botched job. How, he asked, could it happen in a modern country like Spain? The new trains cost more than a quarter of a billion dollars and had been eagerly awaited by Cantabria and also the Asturias region of northern Spain. Two managers have already been sacked over the affair, but the transport ministry is promising a full investigation of how the tunnel's widths were misrecorded. It could now take several years before replacement trains are built. A pioneering team whose work in Australia boosted the efficiency of solar panels has received a prestigious engineering award worth 600,000 US dollars. The four scientists designed a technology which is now used in the vast majority of solar cells. The BBC's Jonathan Amos has more details. When Martin Green started investigating solar energy after the oil crisis of the 1970s, solar cells had one major use, on satellites in space. If you'd wanted to put that technology on your roof, well, it would have cost much more than your house. But his persistence kicked off a revolution, and with Andrew Blakers, Zhenghua Zhao and Erhua Wong, they drove up efficiency, developing approaches to trap more light within solar cells and to output more electrical power. Crucially, those approaches could be mass-produced. A team of cryptographers has discovered and deciphered a series of 50 letters written in code by Mary, Queen of Scots during the time of her imprisonment in England by Queen Elizabeth I in the 16th century. The BBC's Hugh Schofield has more. The romantic, doomed figure of Mary, Queen of Scots, lived out the last 19 years of her life in English captivity. But despite the close surveillance, she was able to pass out a large number of secret letters to supporters. These 50 documents ended up in Paris because their destination was the French ambassador in London. An international team of codebreakers stumbled on the letters which had been wrongly filed as relating to Italy. After using computers to crack the cipher, they realised they'd uncovered a rich source of new materials for Elizabethan historians. Mary writing in code to complain of the conditions of her detention, for example, or of her feelings of abandonment by France. The handwritten lyrics for David Bowie's song, The Gene Genie, have sold at auction for nearly 70,000 US dollars. The track from his Aladdin Sane album was released as a single in 1972 and reached number two in the UK charts. The singer, who died in 2016, had given the A4 sheet with 18 lines of lyrics to the founder of the inaugural David Bowie fan club in the 1970s. He said the song was about imagined American culture based on a persona reminiscent of Iggy Pop of the Stooges, who Bowie collaborated with throughout the 1970s and 80s. To sports, and we start with the NBA, where LeBron James has easily broken the NBA's all-time points record, scoring the 36 points needed for the Los Angeles Lakers against the Oklahoma Thunder to beat Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record of 38,387. We'll have more on that story later on in News Wrap. Saudi Arabia's Al-Hilal have reached the final of Football World Club World Cup, which is taking place in Morocco. The Asian champions defeated Flamengo 3-2 and will play the champions of Europe or Africa in Saturday's final. More details from the BBC's Andy Barwell. Saudi Arabian side and Asian Champions League winners Al-Hilal 
defeated the champions of South America, the Brazilian team Flamengo, 3-2 in the opening semi-final. Salim Aldorsari scored twice for Alihal. Luciano Viotta also on target. Pedro scored twice for Flamengo, his second coming in what turned out to be the first minute of eight minutes of added time. It ensured a tense finish, and the Brazilians played there with ten men throughout the second half following Jerson's red card. In the final, Al-Hilal will face the winners of the game between Africa's representatives Al-Akli and the European champions Real Madrid. Next to the English FA Cup and a dramatic finish at Bramall Lane. Sheffield United can put it to bed now. The ball into the edge of the penalty area. Will eventually, will it come through McAtee? Yes, he's going to get a chance here. Rolls it for Berger. Good night and good luck. Sheffield United scored twice in added time to beat Wrexham 3-1. That was one of four fourth-round replays on the night. Championship leaders Burnley are through to the fifth round after beating Ipswich 2-1. Fourth-tier Grimsby Town beat second-tier Luton 3-0 and Fleetwood Town were 1-0 winners over Sheffield Wednesday. The chief executive of Ukrainian club Shakhtar Donetsk says FIFA's decision to allow players to break their contracts following Russia's attack on Ukraine has so far cost his club about 43 million US dollars. Although Shakhtar lost an appeal against FIFA's decision at the Court of Arbitration for Sport, Sergei Palkin says they'll continue their fight to get it overturned. From the beginning of war, we uh, do our best to uh, uh, transport all our players foreign players and all our coaching staff uh, uh, from Ukraine. And uh, when they left, I started to negotiate with all players, you know, uh, who stay abroad. And uh, negotiations was done in a way like uh, to sell players or uh, to put them on a loan or maybe some of them give a free agent, you know. And I agreed almost with all players. We contacted uh, FIFA because we want to have, you know, uh, to ask FIFA to give us uh, some time as a minimum, you know. But they didn't want to do it, you know. And uh, they just allow players to go free. And uh, so we we went to to um, uh, CAS. Uh, we had hearings there, and uh, we lost CAS. Uh, now we go to Federal Court of Switzerland. To the weather forecast, mainly cloudy with one or two light rain patches and fresh easterly winds occasionally strong offshore. The outlook, mainly cloudy and misty in the next few days. Currently 19 degrees, humidity 79%. To end the news, the top stories once again. Cross-border secondary school pupils return to Hong Kong for in-person classes for the first time in three years. And the administration's funding bid for the building of light public housing flats clears its first hurdle in the legislature. The news from RTHK. The Brew with Phil Whelan on Radio 3.
Three and do you want to leave this city? Good afternoon to you. Hope lunch is going brilliantly. It's Wednesday. You're going to catch up with Paul Archibald, our classical music waller, in just a little while. Live from Bangkok, all about the number eight today, just for fun. Mm-hmm. 